real news. All right. Welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is November 4th, 2019. Boy, we had a 12-minute delay, and that's uh, the usual, right? For all of you that do not have access to the Internet or have me on your airwaves, you can always call the listen line, 605-313-0599. It's kind of like calling your friend, and uh, you can listen to it directly with a phone call. So today, uh, prior to the show, I put out an article that uh, you know may make a lot of people feel very salty about me because... Um, it seems that I, I have seen reporting that I am totally, I, I, I loathe, I loathe non-factual reporting. It's one thing to speculate and it is another thing to put someone under a microscope without knowing all the facts. Just because all the clues say this doesn't mean it's this. This is exactly what the left has been doing about the president of the United States for the past Three years taking one thing and saying, well, because of this and because of this and because of this and because of this, then ergo, he's the bad guy, right? This is what we've been seeing for three years. And for the past week, we have been seeing this on the right, which is unacceptable. We're supposed to be reporting facts, not driving out to people's parents' houses to go find them. Like, this is ridiculous, this is why we walked away from the mainstream media. Why are we doing this? Why are we putting people's private information out there when you don't even know if they're a player? So in my article, I kind of, I mean, all of you that have been listeners since my debut on Red State on my own on November 6th have heard the names that I put in that article for a while. And that's for a reason because there's, very few people that can, mm, I don't want to say, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I'm special. But there's people that understand how to put dots together. The bottom line is there's no whistleblowing, right, because there was nothing to whistleblow about, right? We all see that. The transcript is there. It's done. Before Vinman even testified, I told you he committed treason, period. He and his twin brother are in a lot of trouble. But then suddenly we get this little boy. Anthony, Anthony Eric Ciaramella, that everyone is talking about, everybody and their mother. And I'm like, oh, my God, did he just talk about, oh, my God, did he just talk about it, too? And I'm like, are they insane? There's like 20 people right now in the intelligence community as foreign service officers in the State Department that could be at the same places working with the same people all the time. And one name that I've mentioned three times throughout the year on the air is Mark Straw. And no one is looking at that guy. This guy was Podesta's protege. He was Ben Rhodes's sidekick. He was once special assistant to Hillary Clinton and was part of the National Security Council for Obama and worked on everything Ukraine and guess what? Syria. This is why, you know, this whole Syrian thing happened perfectly because obviously there were very few people in the State Department, if any, that knew about it. Again, we, there's tons of people that you can point fingers to, but there are many of them that know more. You know, Mark Straw knows about the Awan brothers. He was the one talking about the Russia collusion hoax and cybersecurity. Come on, guys. Like, we're going to take this little boy. Does everybody really think that seasoned clicks that are generations in? Huh? Remember, Straw is second generation, uh, third generation intelligence, I mean. We've got Comey and Mueller that go back decades. They've been working together 
together forever and they're going to take this interpreter, this linguist, this cultural appropriations officer and stick him in the middle? Is everybody insane or is it just me that thinks that that's the way it is? I mean, I know that people that don't understand how the intelligence community works and these clicks, right, might see it as plausible. But come on, man, if you're a seasoned person that talks about policy, talks about the deep state, well, then you should know that there's always an exit plan. And right now, we are literally handing over Schiff a scapegoat. And this scapegoat might have some deal in place. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're totally going to impeachment and we're going to, we're going to, you know, exonerate you and you're going to walk. That'll be your prize. And we will take care of you forever. Just stick to it. You know, and, and, and he might actually do it because he's just a rank of file where the real perpetrators are, are going to walk away. But why doesn't anybody trust that President Trump has control over this? Why do they think they know things he doesn't know? He already knows everything. We already have everything we need. We started this investigation in 2017. We've got everything there is to know about the Ukraine, who plays ball and who doesn't, who's the catcher, who's the pitcher, and who's the bench warmer. And, uh, guys, this Sierra Mella guy is a bench warmer that, that, you know, wanted to play with the big leagues, wanted to look like a big boy, and wanted to wear that varsity letter when he was walking around the offices come on like i am so fed up with it and you know i'll get a lot of flack for it but i really don't care because my whole point my radio show is about giving facts and my opinion and you know when did facts become opinion right because right now everyone's like we're waiting for the transcripts to be released right which one democrat version or republican version see why do we have version to facts this is pure insanity And so what we need to do is the conservative level headed voters is kind of take a step back and say, look, man, Trump's got this. We're here to call out those that he calls out kind of like that. That dude, uh, Esposito, you know, he took his page down because, you know, he doesn't want people seeing, but there's something called archives. Anyway, uh, you know, we, we call out and we follow suit to what our president says. I've been saying it from day one. Pay attention to what the president says. Pay attention to his misspellings. Pay attention to how he tweets. Pay attention to what he tweets and how he tweets it. And, you know, for people like, oh, you know, he, you know, uh, so and so, there are so many great reporters in within conservative media. So many, but that also leaves them vulnerable to having their own sources compromised, or for an earwig to be planted where it shouldn't be, and you know, bouncing off of it. Uh, so many, you know, for me, like the Amy Klobuchar, I've been talking, talking, talking. I haven't put it in writing because it has to be stellar. Because I don't want someone to turn around and say, well. You know, you wrote this. <laughs> well, um, yeah, you're right. Unless I put my opinion, if I'm reporting it, it's going to be facts. It's going to be links. It's going to be this. Mark Strong. I've been dropping his name, you guys. I knew what was going on in the Ukraine in June when I dropped his name. And I'm like, yo, Pompeo, he's in your house, dude. Why is he? What are you doing? I tweeted it out twice in June. I Tweeted with my personal account that's been banned so many times about it. It's like what we need to be focusing on is the facts. And by now, three years into it, we should know how they respond. I mean, the last time the president tried to pull out of Syria, what did we see? Chemical weapons attack. Didn't they try that card again when we pulled out? Yes, they did. Didn't they try this? Yes, they did. (laughs) 
just saying. We should know by now. We're well versed. It's like, all right, man, you're one trick pony. Cause that's how they work. That is how the deep state, this is how corrupt people work. They don't have diversity in their plans. They don't have ways of changing stuff up. They're all idiots. They're all clowns. And they have no idea how to change stuff up. You know why? Because they're comfortable. They've been comfortable for over a century on how they work covertly, how they create their cliques, how they groom people in, etc. So let me explain to you. When there's a mission to be executed within the intelligence community, there are a few working cogs that you need, okay? All right? So the way it works is uh, when you have the mission, you have the handlers, the handlers that work with your, uh, you know, your local assets, uh, your, your people. So every person appointed to it, either that be an analyst, desk jockey, assistant, travel coordinator, you know, burn bag guy, whatever, they have, they have a handler that they that, that they talk to even astronauts and um uh you know politicians have handlers okay they handle everything they're like the go-between right okay let's put it that way so they have their handlers then they have the operators that put things in motion the executors that actually do the job and then the exit plan there's always an exit plan what if you're in a foreign country and you're trying to garner information about some you know proposed terrorist attack and you get caught you need an exit plan and you know usually there's one guy that's a disposable asset and you'll just let them hang for it and there are tons of patriots out there that have been left to hang for it because they were the exit plan you know uh, being the exit plan is not fun because they take advantage of the fact that you think you're in the know and they will never let you know that you're the guy that's going to take the hit and this is how it looks like Anthony was. Anthony Eric Sierramella was the fall guy. He was the exit plan. And he's the guy <laughs> that is, you know, in there. And you know who was an expert? I could tell you this from personal experience at picking and recruiting and labeling people because they label that stuff in their profiles of potential exit plan people. Yeah, that was Owen, John Owen Brennan. He was one of the best ones to just put that little you know, green sticker per se next to your file. So people know, yeah, you know, you can use this guy. Uh, you know, we've created enough, um, you know, uh, complications in their past to come nip them in the butt. Uh, we've created so many degrees of separation. Uh, you know, this person has done this, this has done this, this is what we planted and manufactured. They did. So we've got insurance so we could get rid of them. They're tagged. They are tagged and they don't even know they're tagged. That's the thing. <laughs> so the, the, the problem that I have here is that we know that this hearsay, this whistleblower does not exist. There's nothing, first of all, to whistleblow about. And this was well planned in advance. You know, the secretary of energy was the one that suggested the phone call, right? In July, even though, uh, you know, the president of the Ukraine was elected months earlier. Okay, let's 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 get that straight. Right. He was elected April 21st, uh, 2019. But the phone call happened July 25th. Now, another thing about the secretary of energy that I kind of said that I found out while doing my homework on Amy Klobuchar is that the company, the shell companies that she has and related to arms deals, nuclear energy cleanup, nuclear energy deals, that one company 
was awarded to be on the master list of vendors for, guess what, nuclear energy by what? Our Secretary of Energy. So it seems a little bit iffy, if you ask me, right, as to how Mark Straw was involved because he came on my radar on June 10th. And on June 10th, he was being, he was discussing or from what I, my many sources, because I never use one, never, right? My many sources say he was tapping into uh, cybercrime through CrowdStrike in the Ukraine because they were being pressured about the server. So again, this is the guy that spoke about cyber, spoke about hacks, spoke about email phishing. He was the one that led the whole Russia collusion and created it with Ben Rhodes. Uh, like, you have to be, you know, I mean, we can't do this. We can't just take a name out of a hat and say, well, you know, this guy's never come on the radio, but here he is in a picture. Oh, here he is hanging out with Joe Biden. Here he is hanging with this. Yeah, that was his job. There's like five other secretaries, assistants at the State Department, tons of people at the embassy. And remember, you know, the Russian embassy is coming into conversation again. We talked about that last year. Remember the Russian spy that was in the Russian embassy and how we monitored the Russian spy and how the Russian spy that was a Russian national working at our American embassy in Russia was fired in August. And then the ambassador tapped resigned, all salty and stuff, putting out an article and his daughter's working for where the state department. I'm just saying like, if you don't see this as like a high school thing, that's how you need to picture the swamp. Picture it like a high school thing, like that hierarchy battle high school thing. This is, this is how pedestrian and how childish it is. Uh, but you know, we're not talking about childish things like who gets the best lunch table in the parking spot and who gets all the chicks. We're talking who enslaves man, women, and children and who frees them. So president Trump is like that guy. That's a transfer student from some other school that has come in and he's like, you know, the cool guy, he's like better than varsity and varsity's upset. And Varsity has their networks everywhere. It's kind of like there was like this show called The Heathers, really vile. But I don't know if you guys saw it. You could probably watch it on YouTube, Um, maybe, you know, like clips of it. But it was on TV, and I kind of watched it a bit because you guys, television tells you everything you need to know because that is where they drop you hints um, of what's to come uh, because obviously they want to make money and – they're obviously in the know somehow because the deep state isn't just at foggy bottom, isn't at your local federal agency or your state or city. It's everywhere. It's within our consumer area. So what we eat, what we wear, what we see, what we hear, what we dance to, what we watch is all a part of it. This is, you know, the prime example that I like to give people is back in the 80s, right? We had those Rocky movies, right? Do you remember when it was like all the Cold War with Russia and all that stuff? What did we have? Who was the villain in Rocky? That's right. The Russian. Everybody hated the Russian. Everything was always about the Russians being bad, 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 bad. Do you see? That is conditioning. That was setting the ground for people to not like Russia and fall behind whatever it was. And, you know, I'm not saying communism is good. Not at all. But that's their prerogative. If they wanted to be communist, let them be communist. You think they were the threat? The threat has always been and always will be China, especially when they're arming nations that are rich, that are smart, and that are incognito. You know, uh, remember, 
It was on the Tory Sess show where we were talking about Venezuela. I was the one that told you they're the richest nation on the planet. I was the one that told you they have all the minerals you need, everything. But, you know, it seems like we're still stuck on the Russia thing. We're still stuck on the Ukraine thing. Saudi Arabia is an enemy, even though they're running out of oil in like 30 years, you know. And China is sitting there rubbing their fingers, you know. <laughs> you know, and playing these tiny violins, oh, leave us alone, and penetrating everything, like we're being hit from all sides. And who's being hit? America. Huh. Freedom is being hit globally. It's not just in the United States. It's everywhere. And that's the problem. We're not seeing it. We're not paying attention, and we're not understanding the gravity of the situation. Okay, the gravity of the situation is great. Now, since our our show is cut, uh, you know, in regards to time, I'm going to have to break right now. But when we get back, we're going to talk more about um, Vinman and more talk about more of these intricacies that we have in respects to mm, what President Trump is trying to accomplish. I'm not saying that this Anthony Eric Ciaramella is innocent, but he's just one tiny cog in a very well-oiled machine that has been going on for quite a while. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. And um, like I said earlier, and for those of you joining now, um, my systems were slow. Um, in actual fact, for some reason, uh, the firewall that I had up um, was not working because it was uh, constantly disconnecting my Internet. So to sever the connection and reset um, my systems, I had to reboot the whole system. So I just wanted to put that out there. And it just so happens whenever I'm like, yep, let's connect to Red State. Um, <laughs> but um, Okay, so what I was discussing earlier was this frustration that I that I feel a lot of you um, kind of understand. But the bottom line is, you know, I hope throughout this year and through many other sources that you have is that you understand that a lot has happened in this in these three years. Three years, people are complaining, nothing's being done. We want to see perp walks, man. I'm the first one. I want to be first, and you know what? I'll even use the I'm short card. Let me get in the front, um, you know, to see these. People People perp walk. I'm the first one that wants to see them do this because I've been privy, just like many other out th- other people out there, to, uh, to situations and happenings that have happened that have never been reported in the news. And you know they're atrocities. You know they're wrong. You know they're not fair, and you know they're not right. And yet you can't because how do you whistle blow? Like, can you really whistle blow in the intelligence community? Let's be honest, guys. Are you going to say, well, my boss did this? Yeah, you're dead or you're out of a job or they'll just manufacture and put stuff in your file that never existed. You're suddenly you've been arrested 20 times. Suddenly you're a pedophile. Suddenly you're all these things. And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, uh, we don't know what you're talking about. It's like, um, so just like Chuck Schumer said, they have six ways to Sunday, right? Seven ways to Sunday, right? Six ways, six ways, six ways. That's how they work. And so nobody can whistleblow. President Trump has empowered people to communicate with his administration in ways that are incredible. Average citizens sending letters every day to AG Barr, people filing complaints, people just 
whistleblowing on everything they may know. Other people just writing articles, other people talking on the radio, other people really doing stuff, you know, to help with the whole movement of this expose, because there's only so much one man can do, even though his team is quite vast with his digital soldiers, okay? But think, three years, you really think nothing's been done. We've been working on the Ukraine since 2017. And, you know, yesterday I was chit-chatting with Scott Adams. He was like, you know, you've been really right about that Jeff Sessions stuff, because you said, uh, pay attention, Scott. Only thing that he recused himself was from from Russia. And who was the one that appointed Durham? Whitaker. Like, we need to uh, understand how things have been done, how long we've been doing this. We already know everything. I told you guys how many times. There's not going to be any clear Flynn now or, you know, pardon him. There's a, he's walking, dude, and he's going to bust this wide open. He's going to blow it up into smithereens, and they're not going to know what hit him because it's going to come out. And the U.S. attorney that is prosecuting him, that is an Obama holdover that President Trump appointed specifically for this will destroy her career on her own because she was also part of that Uranium One stuff. I'm just saying. Like, this is how you get them. You bring all the enemies next to you and you let them pull their own pants down. That's how it works. That's how you get rid of them for good. You got to be smarter than them. You got to work like they do, but on a higher level. And you know how you go to that higher level by being as sneaky as them? Because you have good in mind. So people just need to trust that things are happening and reporting facts. Yet, I do understand that some insight or foresight or predictions are necessary to keep it up. Because we've been conditioned to see that if something is like this, then everyone's going to be talking about it and people are going to jail. That's not how it works. We already know that there's murderers that walk. There's pedophiles that get slapped on the wrist with like 10 days, you know, of probation or community work. We already know justice has not been blind for a very, very long time. And the problem is the judges, right? So this is how it is. I mean, you would never think 10 years ago that a public company would just ban someone off the Internet. But yes, they did. They banned Laura Loomer. They don't even allow her advertisements on Twitter and Facebook. Have you seen a paid ad for Laura Loomer on pay on Facebook or Twitter? No, because Facebook said she's a dangerous person and it's great that she's suing them. And then Twitter is like, oh, yeah, we're just not going to let anyone because she wants to put ads and they don't want to put her ads. Would you ever fathom 10 years ago that you'd be banned from banking or one day you'll be sitting there uh, with your bank account and you'll get a letter and they're like, yeah, we just don't like you. So we're closing your account. And you're just like, excuse me, like you can't do that. Um, actually, we can. And you're just like, what's going on? Would you have fathomed this 10 years ago? No. But the but the foundations for that had already been laid out. And this is what we're reversing. Not three years, not eight years of Obama, not, you know, 16 years of Obama and Bush, not, you know, 24 years. We're erasing a century of deep state. We're erasing groomed members that are slotting in as we speak now that are being tapped and groomed and handed over so they can take that position. Mm. This is how they work. They always got a backup plan. But what happens when we already know your backup plan? What happens when the genetic pool that is groomed, the genetic pool of the tree doesn't fall, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, so we just keep recruiting through the same people, right? What happens when one of them decides, or a lot of them decide, yeah, so, um, you know, I'm just going to take note and... 
get together with other people that are taking note, and then we're going to find some great guy that's going to be a leader that's going to take note, and we're going to blow this up. We're going to gut it, and that is exactly what's happening. The deep state is like super, it's like going. I heard over the weekend that the grand jury deliberating uh, Comey's case has finished. So I'm like waiting day to day to like see like, okay, if they finish, does that mean that we're going to get the unsealment? Is he getting arrested? Can we see a raid? And can someone drop maybe some info to me? I'll fly out there with a lawn chair and say, oh, I just happen to be in the neighborhood. Like I would totally love that troll. Seriously. Like the minute Comey gets arrested, if he's still on U.S. soil and didn't claim his New Zealand citizenship, yet i would want to be the person sitting on a lawn chair with my phone saying oh i just happen to be by here and look at that you know we've got you know (laughs) amphibians guns pointed at him the whole nine yards uh i want to be there like let us do that or just like call the daily caller which i kind of like them uh even though a lot of people are not reporting things like like get the conservative media bone to like go and stalk the house. Just don't do it to the people that went to, you know, Anthony Eric Sierra Mello's house. Like, what was that, guys? Like, that was disgusting. And I saw some of the comments going, great reporting. How is that great reporting? How do you know that guy was there? I can, I can drop at least 20 names that have done and worked and been with the same people that this guy has. This is what sucks. This is what sucks. Completely. You want an Obama guy? You want a Biden guy? You want a deep state guy? You want a Hillary guy? This guy was special assistant to Hillary Clinton, Mark Straw. Yet we're talking about a baby because this guy in the intelligence community considered a baby. Okay. Not even from a bloodline per se, right? That, that can take that position. This is your exit guy. So, you know, again, we need to stay focused on the facts. We need to stay focused on what our president tells us. And I also wanted to mention, did you guys see how CNN and BuzzFeed were like, hey, we have like the inside scoop of all these notes about Trump and Manafort. And it's like, no, you didn't. You had the inside scoop from Daphne Barack. And my listeners heard about, you know, what you wrote about saying we have exclusive talking. You don't have exclusive anything. She gave it to you during the interview. Do you see how they lie? And it's like, I really want to write an article exposing loser CNN saying like, we have all this. And it's like, no. mm -hmm. And it was, um, speaking of losers, did you see how Brian Settler like put that thing? Oh, look at all his misspellings. Speaking of misspellings, did we see CNN geography that I put out on loomer.com? You guys just, if you want to laugh, Go to loomer.com, go in the search bar and find my article and just all you have to search is CNN geography. That will make you roll like nobody's business. Like where they, they put the, the <laughs> Athens, Greece on the west coast of Africa. Uh, you know, Alab- like they, they don't even know our states. I mean, it was, it was so incredible. Their geography sucks. So that you should take a look at that. Now, Speaking of breaking stuff, let's talk about a little bit of breaking stuff. So we all saw that President Trump moved to, um, the, uh, to Florida, right? He moved to Florida and now his congresswoman will be Laura Loomer, which is pretty cool if you ask me. Um, why did he move to Florida? First of all, taxes, of course, but New York is going pear shape. A lot of New Yorkers have exited. It's not in his best interest. And, you know, income tax is zero, like, hey, but, 
as we saw today, they announced that they that the federal appeals said that he has to uh, provide his tax return for the subpoena. So we're going to see this go up to the Supreme Court. I just want to play a clip from Fox where they're talking about it quickly. And then we're going to talk about this because I I mentioned this in an article a long time ago on how they're getting information, how they already have this. Moments ago that the president does not have presidential immunity from grand jury investigations. The battle now may be heading to the U.S. Supreme Court. We have live Team Fox coverage in a moment. We'll get to the Justice Department live with David Spunt there. But we begin now at the White House with our chief White House correspondent, John Roberts, on the North Lawn. John, good morning. Bill, good morning to you. This is a case that's been going on for some time now. There was a federal district judge in New York City who ruled that the president had to hand over, at least not the president, but the president's accounting company, Mazars USA, had to hand over eight years of tax returns to the Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance, Jr. The president's attorneys then appealed that to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, which handles the jurisdiction of Manhattan. That Second Circuit has now come down with a ruling upholding the district court judge's decision that the president's accounting firm has to turn over uh, those uh, tax returns. In the opinion, uh, the judges make a distinction between a criminal proceeding and a grand jury investigation, because don't forget, this was a subpoena that was issued by a grand jury that was impaneled by the Manhattan District Attorney. So the three-judge panel saying, we hold, however, that any presidential immunity from state criminal process does not extend to investigative steps like the grand jury subpoena at issue here. We accordingly affirm the district court's decision on the immunity question, uh, which means that the president is not immune from this, which we construe as an order denying a preliminary injunction, vacate the judgment of the district court, dismissing the complaint, the grant of younger abstention, and remand for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. Now, this does not mean that the White House and the president have, have lost the final battle here. Because, again, this was decided by a three-judge panel, which included the chief judge uh, and uh, two circuit judges. So now the Okay, I'm just going to pause it before it continues. So there was an article that I wrote about how CrowdStrike, who did not have a federal contract, somehow got a contract with the state of New York to be able to cloud service, create cloud servers for the Southern District of New York, Northern District of New York, Eastern District of New York, just all of New York and all their documents. Now, I can tell you for a fact that they can't use the tax documents. They already have them. Okay, They already have President Trump's tax documents. They already have them. But what they're trying to do is make record of them in the grand jury. Because not even the, even if the grand jury fails in whatever they're looking at, they're not even looking at President Trump on the criminal curl. They're looking at someone else. I'm telling you this, you know, th- this is important. They're just trying to tie him in by way of tax returns. And because there's something there that might link him, they want it. And what what's going to happen is, is that the person may or may not be indicted, but what they'll do is they'll have records. So this allows the Democrats to then subpoena those records. And they don't even have to subpoena them because they'll find another way because they'll have access to them legally through the CrowdStrike server or there might be a breach or something like that, blah, blah, blah. So 
we need to be paying attention to the little things they're doing. They're trying to do this in any which way they can. I mean, did you guys see the CNN? CNN looks like onion now. Okay. It looks like the onion. Seriously. Like I saw an article, Pelosi is president. Like, what are you going to do? Skip Pence? Or are you just going to get both of them out? Or do you know that you're going to eradicate both in one, uh, in one blow? How do you know that? You failed when he went to Asia. You're not going to do it now, are you? Because we already have eyes on everything. You know, your compromised, you know, watchers and button watchers, you know, are being weeded out. There's so many good guys right now coming out. It's crazy. It's, it's, ooh, did I say, oops, that was a Freudian slip. It's crazy. So, um, what we need to remember is that even the news reporting it, uh, I mean, they're telling you it's going to go up to Supreme Court. This is where it's going to get fun. We have to remember Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But take a listen to how he f- they finish off this report. The president has a couple of options here, uh, Bill. Uh, his attorneys can appeal uh, to the Second Circuit for what's called an en banc hearing, which means that all of the judges in the Second Circuit would rehear this case and decide the case or they could take it to the Supreme Court. Uh, we're still awaiting a, a decision on what they're going to do about a similar ruling in the uh, Washington, uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals uh, that a three-judge panel uh, determined that the president did have to hand over his uh, tax returns. Uh, and we don't know if they're going on bonk with that or if they're going to go to the Supreme Court. So they may be gathering all of this together uh, and take it right to the Supreme Court. I expect to hear from the president's attorney, Jay Sekulow, sometime in the next few minutes after he gets a chance to go through uh, this rather lengthy decision. But the bottom line here, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals upholding a federal district court judge in Manhattan's opinion that the president, uh, the president's um, accounting firm, Azar's USA, has to turn over those eight years of tax returns to the Manhattan District Attorney for investigative purposes. And we should point out, Bill, that this means that those tax returns can be used to develop investigations. They can't make them public, at least not yet, but maybe if they do develop some sort of investigative material that leads to a subpoena or, or, or a, uh, an indictment, then some of that information may come out. But we're still a long way from that. Bill. Okay. All right. News when we get it. Thank you. John Roberts running all that down for us. Funny how his name is John Roberts. I'm just pointing that out. Look, the Democrats are so desperate to come up with some new blockade, uh, you know, now that Mueller fell flat on his face, that they ran with this Ukraine thing. That's crumbling this is like exposed they did not expect that there were so many people out there that would know about this and if you pay attention to the little things that happen you would understand it i mean you know what happened to Mueller? we're not even hearing about bill taylor anymore nobody wants to talk about him because he's lied before scott adams has been talking about it i told you guys that's why i didn't even touch the ukraine bill taylor connection i mean we already know he met with schiff in the ukraine we already know what he did and it was time for harvest i told you grapes are picked in august but when do you make the wine and when do you drink it that's with your thanksgiving dinner you know that is the thing i that's why i dropped that article on november 1st with the nice beautiful harvest picture (laughs) it is so funny how they don't see it they really don't see it Mulher was um the insurance policy they had created but they didn't think that so many people would join in on making sure that this president gets it done. Not many people did, did they? See, 
the special counsel, when he released his report, uh, you know, it was the biggest failure. He, he, he was like, he was like dementia Joe. Joe Biden right now is playing this dementia kind of card, right? So that he can cover himself. Like he was talking to a camera that doesn't exist. He was, he was in one state claiming to be in another. Like this guy doesn't know if he's going or coming. Why? It's important. Because when he, when he come, when it comes down to it that he's going to jail, or when they have to question him, they'll be like, I'm sorry, but he has dementia. But he was running for president. Yeah, we didn't know. We just found out. Like, how do you question someone that says that they have Alzheimer's or dementia? You can't, can you? You can't. You can't. What are you going to say? The doctor's a liar? Yeah, he pretty much is. And he's playing off. Or he maybe has, you know, Kuru, whatever. You know, and that causes it. But, Bottom line is, this is how they play. Mueller, how are you going to question this guy? This guy looked like he was off his meds when he was testifying, if you want to call that testifying. He didn't even know his name. He had a stutter for a bit. This is how you know that we're on the right track. This is how you know that we are winning. The fact that Swallowell, did you guys pay attention to that when Swallowell was sitting right next to Schiff and Schiff was like, yeah, we're going to totally impeach him and we're going to have this. And he just looked at him like, what the heck? We all know this is just a sham. Like, what are you doing? And he was just going all in. This is the destruction of the most evil people on the planet. Mm, representatives of the most people, most evil people on the planet. You think evil is Hillary? Do you think she's evil? She's nothing compared to the people she works for. Nothing. She is, she has all the power. You know, I actually want to play that clip of Hillary being asked about Epstein quickly. I want you guys to listen, uh, to the words, but also for those of you that, um, haven't seen the clip, I urge you to see it because it was almost as if she was saying like, yo, be careful, man. Don't mock me that much, dude. I know you want to make it seem like, you know, you're really doing this, but do you really want to go there? Cause, uh, this isn't going to work out for you well. And this is her dispelling mo- rumors, rumors because she's going to run. Look at Kamala Harris. She's dancing while California is burning. She's done. She's already had to lay off people because she has no money. Lawiatha. Fake a haunt this. Like, come on, man. Did she really think she had a chance to win? Let's be honest, okay? Cory Booker, he's kind of like really quiet. Spartacus is gone. Beto, come on. Are you serious? Like, we already knew that. You know, this is, this is where it comes down to. Just take a listen to this interview. Hillary, I have to ask you a question. I have to ask you a question that has been plaguing me for a while. How did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> because you, you, you're not in power, but you have all the power. You're not in power, but you have all the power. So true. <laughs> I, I really need to understand how you do what you do. Because you seem to be behind everything nefarious, and yet you do not use it to become president. Huh. Yeah, that's because good always trumps evil. That's the thing. Evil always underestimates the peasants, the people that pray, the people that know, and the people that can infiltrate the ranks of the evil ones. This is why she couldn't become president. You can lie all you want. You can try, but we go to the polls. See, 
Here's the thing. Here, you want to hear what the smartest thing the president did was fix the economy. You know that? I know a lot of people talk about health care, right? But which person right now, middle class, right, would say, yeah, I totally trust that only the rich people are going to be paying for this. The people that just got jobs that couldn't have jobs for years. The people that are off food stamps for the first time in their life. The people that can afford to buy a house for the first time in their life because the economy is booming. You think those people are going to vote for fake Ahantis? What is the game plan? <laughs> well, Trevor. What is, what, but honestly, though, what does it feel like being the boogeyman of the rights? Well, it's, it's a constant surprise to me. Um, <laughs> Because the things they say, and now, of course, it's on steroids with uh, being online, uh, are so ridiculous beyond any imagination that I could have. Okay, I just wanted to point something out. This is, this is, this is where I flex my, this is where your taxpayer dollars go to train Tory. She just sat there and said, well, now that it's online, oh, because she's referring to the rumors before we had the internet. Are you getting this now? Are you getting this now? Because hmm? they tell you the truth. You just have to pay attention to the words. And yet they are so persistent in putting forth these crazy uh, ideas and theories. Honestly, I don't know what I ever did to get them so upset. Have you, have you ever thought of just like meeting someone who says like, Hillary, you did this, and just looking at them and being like, yes, I did. <laughs> I think it's because it is effective. Like, I'll never forget reading an article after the 2016 election where the reporter interviewed someone who had been an undecided voter, and he said, you know, he thought my mom had won all three debates, she clearly had a greater command of the subject matter, and yet he just kept reading that she had murdered more than 50 people. And he said somewhat nonchalantly, like, I don't think that she murdered 50. But, like, what if she murdered two? And so you just think it's this, like, constant erosion of of truth and sanity. Right. Is it, though? Is it, though? She just told you, oh, they used to do it before, but, you know, it kind of changed now, and it's like this, and now it's like that. I mean, guys... Seriously, is it though? Is it just a rumor? Is it just a rumor that all these people that were bodyguards died? Is it just a rumor that these doctors associated to you died? Is it just a rumor that all the mistresses died and their husbands died and the sheriffs died and, you know, you know, your baby daddy died? I mean, come on, you guys. All these people going up to testify died. Now, I could tell you that I know that Epstein didn't kill himself. I, I said it, too. Like, even if he did a backflip off the bunk bed, you know, to snap it vigorously in a yoga move, you know, where he flips his feet over, still wouldn't happen. And, you know, where's the where's the neck thing? Uh, you know, and uh, an odd thing that came to my surprise that, uh, you know, Scott Adams pointed out, hey, you know, they did say that uh, Hillary Clinton's um, brother died, so it could be that because they look alike. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they actually do. So that was the incredible uh, thing. You know, that is how it works. That is how they operate. Uh-huh. Well, I guess this is how we return the favor. Um, right after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more before I get into Vinman and the Ukraine and stuff like that. I want to talk about the Southern District of New York. Adam Schiff, um, 
you know, is really pushing hard uh, in a real effort to just delay, you know, and hold on to this insurance that they had. Uh, this is the whole process of this, okay? We are looking at plain out treason, sedition, subversion, attempt to overthrow the government. I mean, you know, you have to understand the gravity of the situation. This is how big, because before Vinman testified, it was here on air telling you this guy committed treason. He and his twin, and the twin. No one's talking about the twin. They kind of mentioned the twin at some point two days later. Nah, you have to understand what our president goes through every day. He loves Manhattan, guys. He does. And he loves you. He loves me. He loves every single American because he knows just how evil this world and these people are. And um, there is so much evil, guys. And it's all coming out to the forefront. And it's, it's as if, you know, ignorance is a choice, guys, especially in the age of information. Ignorance is a choice. I'll see you all right after this break. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Always here, 12 to 2, Monday through Friday, sometimes delayed when my computer doesn't want to uh, connect uh, to our servers. Remember, there's always the listen line, 605-313-0599. That way, if you're raking your leaves, you can hear me on your earbuds. Uh, I want all of you to kind of, let's just recap. So the first hour, I was trying to express to you just how important it is to stay within the facts and to maintain objectivity. And it's really, really hard because when you see these evil, nefarious people that you've now understood to have been working for decades against you and your freedoms, it's really hard. I get it. But we always have to remember, and I say this so many times, what our president endures every single day what he is doing i mean i'll tell you in a timeline in the future this man has a golden statue erected of him for being the leader of free you know representing freedom for liberating the world from enslavement we are seeing this movement globally you guys it's not just here people are uprising and they're being smacked down I mean, think of it. They're keeping you sedated. They are bombarding you with information, not only from the left, but from the right as well. They're keeping you confused and blind. And that's the thing. They don't want you to be clear of when things are happening and for what. And those uh, out there, reporters, Twitter users, YouTubers, Anywhere on the internet that are reaching out to you saying, pay attention. Look at the facts. Look at this. This happened and you suddenly have this aha moment, right? You have this aha moment like, okay, I get it. I really do get it now. Okay, this has been a process. I understand it. The thing is, 
sometimes giving information way too early, like a, you know, is, 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 um, a problem because it get, it gets lost in the noise. Okay. Uh, I was having a discussion with someone a couple weeks ago and they were like, yeah, you know, but now that Whitaker, you know, and now that, um, you know, Durham is on this, he's just opened up a criminal probe. I was like, dude, Durham has been working on the Ukraine and a lot of stuff since 2017. What are you talking about? I was like, dude, didn't you read my article from like six months ago where I said he was at least since October 3rd, 2018. We knew that he was already criminally investigating Baker. He said it himself. So that means he's been on this case from like way before 2018. We're talking 2017. That's what Sleepy Sessions, Stealthy Sessions was doing. You know, and they were like, wait a minute. Oh, I forgot that. I was like, I'm the only one that's reporting it. I was the only one that pointed it out. Now everyone's talking about it because guess what? They're doing it on the left side's timeline. Oh, now that he announced that there's criminal probes, people are looking into, well, to have a criminal probe, you must have been investigating. How long have you been investigating? So now people are talking about it, so the right's talking about it. Do you see what I'm saying? Timing is everything. So sometimes things are said out of time where you can conceive it, but then when you revisit it, it makes sense. That's why you always have to look at the past because it proves the future. And I guess maybe to kind of like um, reignite that ability for you guys to just see what the president tells you, what some people, you know, drop as articles or tweets or posts, whatever it may be. If you revisit them now, you're like, oh, okay, I totally get it now. Kind of like when I was talking about Venezuela, you guys have no idea how many people were like, look, you're new to this uh, radio thing, but... I mean, no one's talking about Venezuela. I mean, someone would have said something. I'm like, well, there's four executive orders, so you're going to be hearing about Venezuela soon. And I picked that topic only because nobody wanted to touch it from the left, from the right, because the right tells you that they do all this work, that they investigate. But you got to really be careful who you follow. And who you take word is gospel. The only words you need to listen to and look at and pay attention to, if you want to know what's going on, it's your president. Your president does not BS you. That's one thing we already know about the president of the United States. He will not BS you. I'm pretty sure there's many times Dan was like, I'm going to tweet this out for you. You want me? And he's like, nope. I'm going to tweet my stuff out. And so, no. We're going to put this out. No, that's not what I would say. So, no. That is how our our president operates. He'll smack down when he needs to. He's eloquent when he needs to. And he's a word of chosen words and chosen misspellings when he needs to. And chosen capitalizations. See, here's the thing. It has to be done in a certain way. And no matter how much I tried and tested and said, you know, what if, you know, I just beat to the drum for like, you know, a little over three months and see if it works. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't help myself but say, wait a minute, let me take you down history and memory lane because there's so much you're missing because it's so congested and it's not your fault. They're going to try everything. And like I told you about Southern District of New York, they've been planning this. They've been doing this. You know, what we're going to see from Adam Schiff, uh, you know, from the Southern District of New York is going to be pretty incredible, okay? It's going to be insane because you're going to be like, well, well, hold on a second. How, how does that all tie in? And how, 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 do, how do you know that 
what's going on in New York with this is going to help and not hurt. Well, you know, you just have to have faith. Let's have a little bit of Christmas music, you guys. It's almost Christmas. I don't want a lot for Christmas. the Christmas lady. I admitted it. Okay. I love Christmas and it's not Christmas yet. Thanksgiving is coming up. So what are we thankful for today? What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for the inability of evil people to hide their intentions well. And I know many people will say, but they have hidden their intentions. They have, um, you know, tricked us. They have, yeah, but see, there's always a time and a place. Timing is everything, and it has to be on the correct timetable for things to come out. You have to think to yourself sometimes. Adam Schiff, right, is incredibly crazy looking. Okay, limp-wristed. We know he likes little kids. You know, he even is part of this company that teaches grown adults to go into these, you know, Asian nations where, you know, little kids go missing all the time to massage them. Speaking of little kids go missing all the time. Why was Prince Andrew in Thailand? He was, he was in Bangkok giving uh, a speech and it's like, that's so disgusting. That's how desperate he is for little kids. Just saying. So him, he's crazy. Then when you have Maxine Waters, her face looks like leather. She should have been like dead long time ago. You know, all you can, well, you know, Terrence put out a tweet yesterday, I think, or was it today? Uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you, um, hear the word Maxine Waters? And I think she is, I, I see peaches. All I could think of is in page four to five. That's all because they are going down. Look at who's quiet. Look at people stepping down under armor, under investigation. Mm, money, money, money. You mean trafficking, trafficking, trafficking. You mean laundering, laundering, laundering. That is how it comes down. We are taking down every single network that they've used. You know, um, you remember how uh, John Brennan would constantly say, you know, Owen would be like, oh, Mueller's going to take you out. You watch. You remember how Mueller's going to take you out. Man, they were dog whistling. They got nothing. They have nothing. And now they're like, yeah, thank God for the deep state. Look at us. We're going to do this. You know, I, I just retweeted a tweet where someone was like, oh, you know, we're protecting Joe Biden at all costs. Actually, it's Barack Hussein Obama. See, Joe Biden is one of those le- low level bosses on the video game. Have you ever noticed, like, when you're playing that video game, there's like a boss, a prelude boss to the real boss, right, to take down? Well, Joe Biden is like that 
that fake King Koopa that comes up to your Mario brother and you're, you're like, yeah, I took him out. And then it's like, boom, you go through the pipe and there's this other one. You're like, damn it. I thought I won and I got the girl. <laughs> it's not. So Adam Schiff is, you know, one of those mean mushroom guys that just won't die. Those invis- invincible ones that you need to be the raccoon or the <laughs> super cha- power charged one. And you still can't get him out. Speaking of, um, foot soldier. Take a listen to what Schiff says here. We will be releasing further transcripts. Uh, tomorrow we um, are scheduled to release the transcripts of Ambassador Volker and Ambassador Sondland. Um, and we will continue to release the transcripts in, a, in an orderly way. Uh, we continue to um, allow witnesses the opportunity to review their transcripts. Uh, we continue to make redactions for private information or personally identifiable information, but we will continue to release the transcripts. Uh, and we will soon, although I can't give you the timetable, be moving to open hearings as well. We will be releasing further transcripts. Okay, so I'm retweeting this from Breaking 911. I want you guys to look at the video. Now, without me, oh gosh, because if you hear it, you won't be able to unsee it, so I don't care. Just, I want you to pay attention that this isn't shift talking. He's um, moving and talking in the way Obama does. I want you to pay attention to that. This is very important. I mean, that'll come at a later time of what it means, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it's really, really important that um, uh, you understand that. Now, going back to Schiff and this Ukraine thing. Let's get into this. So if you re-listen to my Vinman episode, which was the day that he was testifying, right? And he was supposed to go to testify. And like I said, in his uniform, I'm a veteran. Nobody cares. We have the previous president of the United States taking us down. This guy is loyal to the Ukraine. And let me say loyal to Russia. He was the guy that facilitated the arms deals. He was the guy that facilitated the speech. They planted everything. They did everything. His lawyer twin, everything. He just blew it wide open for us. Because we weren't expecting them to be so, um, I would say, confident. I mean, did they really think that things were going their way because we handed over a nuclear agreement? By the way, where is Amy Klobuchar? I haven't heard from her in a while. Have you? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. You have to think. How did it happen? Remember how the Ukrainian government, before their election, opened up a probe to see how the Ukraine helped Hillary win? Do you guys remember that? And do you remember how um, all these things were coming out in regards to, oh, yeah, you know, they helped. Oh, you know, uh, there were statements that were made. And, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. And, and, and it was ever since 2019 that we saw, OK, we saw Barack Hussein Obama um chime in. So in the beginning of 2019, we saw a huge infiltration in our uh, mainstream media, a huge infiltration, conservative media, huge infiltration 
uh, with people pretending to be pro make America great again that are, you know, that were directly linked to, I would say, um, uh, uh, like Antifa, um, you know, instigating riots or instigating people or trying to cause division. I'm just saying the more you see the right mimic activities that you're just like, oh yeah, totally nail them. And then you're like, wait a minute, why are we nailing them like this? We're classier than this. We don't do what the left does. The more you realize just how close it is. You know, there's a saying in Greece. I don't, I'm going to say this in the nicest way. They're like, um, it says, and that's not a very nice way of saying it, but it says, don't ride a pole. Like, you know how you ride a horse, but instead of it being a horse, it's a pole because at one point that pole will go up your butt. And this is exactly what we're seeing. People riding poles thinking they're high and mighty or that they have a voice or that they're put doing the good for their team. But because their pole is corrupt, it's going to end up their butt. Okay. That's a, that's a proverb. <laughs> Slang proverb. Don't ride the pole because it will at some point go up your butt. And this is exactly what we're seeing. They are, um, we're seeing incorrect interpretations coming out. Okay. And this leads us to these little rabbit holes, pitfalls, you know, and this is how they strangulate the whole message from coming out and being, uh, um, I would say factually based. Okay. And so what we need to understand is, is that the more we see the similarities of the right media with the left, the more we see we're closer to justice actually coming down. I want to revisit a Look, video. Uh, Casey. I want to revisit a video right now uh, where uh, I've played this before, but I want you to listen to it. This goes back to Manafort. This goes back to what the Obama's National Security Council, which includes Mark Straw, was part of, FBI and DOJ did, right, in 2016 by, um, uh, they had a 2016 gathering where they had uh, memos uh, brought to them by Ukraine's top corruption prosecutors face-to-face with Barack Hussein Obama, Mark Straw, Ben Rhodes, Comey and his crew, and the DOJ. Listen to what the guy tells you, and I'll tell you what they gave him, and I'll tell you how important the Ukraine is here. Yeah, it's one of the cases that hurts me a lot. I can explain why. Um, when uh, we discovered first in May 2016, Okay, this is uh, Kolodinsky, uh, Nazar Kolodinsky, okay? This Black Ledger uh, uh, list. Right. Uh, I ordered the detectives not to, to give nothing to the mass media in considering this case. Instead, they broke in my order and they published themselves uh, this uh, one or two pages of this Black Ledger. Right. For it. When I asked them why did they do it, they uh, they couldn't explain it, and for me it was a first uh, well first call that something is going wrong, and there is some external influence in this case, and there is some 
uh, uh, some other interest in this case, not only in the, in the interest of investigation and fair trial. Okay, this was reported by The Hill, okay? And that was an interview that had happened. So this showed that there was training and coordination between the Ukrainians um, uh, talking about this, okay? And it's one that, you know, included, obviously, uh, Hunter Biden, right? And involved a lobbying firm that was linked, linked to Paul Manafort, all right? Now, uh, there was this guy named Tilzenko who worked for the Ukrainian embassy, and he said that U.S. officials volunteered during the meetings. Like, they were volunteering to get stuff done. They were collecting things. So in 2014, there was an investigation led by the FBI that focused on Paul Manafort. Are you paying attention? This firm that um, Paul Manafort had and this investigation being led was to gain – they knew President Trump was running. They needed – backup they needed the podestas covered they needed to know what he had on podesta because hillary was running and he was they were worried there's loose ends right so roger stone was implicated in all this so he's been uh, being investigated this is why they threw this fake you know oh yeah 13 russians hacked the server well let's ask mark straw about that he knows everything there is to know about the awan brothers he knows everything there is to know about the server where's the server Seriously. So, um, actually, Manafort was questioned in 2014 if he re- received money from um, uh, Viktor Yovanovitch's, um, uh, um, Yanukovych's, sorry, uh, party when he left, which was, you know, a close ally of Russia. Okay. So he was asking for foreign lobbying. Did he do anything? And then the FBI kind of just shut that down real quick with no charges to Manafort that he was a foreigner. So it was already shut down because there was no merit to it. They were like, all right, leave it. Now, Telezenko, who, um, you know, stated all these, uh, said that um, he had other attendees join the Ukraine's National Anti-Corruption Bureau, NABU. Now, if you read my article that I dropped today, it's pinned on my Twitter about, you know, everyone's got it wrong on this, you know, whistleblower thing. I mentioned Robert Stork. In there, I have an article called NSA plant, Obama plant in the NSA. Now, the IG of the NSA, Robert Stork, was nominated by Barack Hussein Obama to be the first presidentially appointed IG for the NSA. Now, the McCain Senate, like, dragged their feet. But, you know, the swamp creatures that were hovering around President Trump urged him to nominate the IG of the NSA again. But a couple months before he renominated him, this National Anti-Corruption Bureau of the Ukraine, Naboo, actually offered him a job. So the IG of the NSA was offered a job by the president, the former president of the Ukraine, Poroshenko. Let's just point some dots, right? These are really loud dots, as opposed to some rank-and-file, limp-wristed guy who doesn't have much connections, except for he was there, he was there, 20 other people could have been there too. Um, so this is how it all led, you know, where the Obama administration spearheaded this Russia collusion thing that, that Mark Straw helped collect. 
So when you want to talk Ukraine and tying it into the Russia, Russia investigation, that's who you need to look at. Mark Straw, who would be nothing without Mr. Vinman, of course. Vinman was his buddy. Actually, his lawyer, brother, twin. Uh, yes. So all of these people are in it and yet their names are excluded. What? They were the ones that did this. Like there was a black ledger for two years that was kept secret that had Manafort's name in it. He had already been investigated by the FBI and it was dropped. But Mueller decides there's something there. Let me look. And he digs, digs, digs to the past to get him on something that had nothing to do with Russia collusion. Okay, let's keep in mind, every single person they've gone after has nothing to do with Russia collusion. No Russia, no collusion. Now, Schiff is going to start the new narrative that this Ukrainian investigation is going to head into obstruction of justice of the Ukrainian investigation. Do you see how this plays? Because something may happen to the whistleblower or the fact that he's demanding to see the whistleblower and testify in person and, and, and is against the rules. Let me tell you something. As a whistleblower, the only protection that you are afforded is anonymity until the time comes to criminal charges or stuff like that. But you are protected from no retaliation. That's basically what the whistleblower law does. That you will not lose your job, your house, your sanity, or your life for whistleblowing. <laughs> but the thing is, how do whistleblowers whistleblow when the IG of the NSA is supposed to be the gatekeeper for the whistleblowers? You know, that's what's crazy. That is what's crazy. See, all these people that are sitting there complaining that, oh, the Ukraine now. Well, you're the one that started the Ukraine. You hired the Ukraine to help you prove that there was Russia collusion. And you did that through their NABU, right? And you brought the Ukraine into this conversation. Now, if you weren't that corrupt, you would have been a little bit more careful. But, you know, you get cocky when you get away with things for centuries, right? You get really cocky. And here's where it's going to come down to it, okay? The Ukrainian authorities had evidence that there were other Western figures like Barack Hussein Obama, like Mark Straw, Gregory Craig, that received money from the former ousted, you know, Yanukovych's party. Ah, but... The Americans weren't interested in that information. They just wanted to talk about Manafort. Are you kidding? <laughs> we want to talk about that. We want to talk about money laundering and quid pro quos and arms deals under the table. Okay, Dementia Joe. I'll see you all right after this break. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So I want to thank one of my listeners, Mike, who I am one of his biggest cheerleaders, actually. Um, he sent he DM'd me an article, something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Do you guys remember? And it was in one of my articles, The Minority Report. Do you guys remember that movie? 
where they would, um, how I was talking about red flag laws and how they're uh, very similar to that and they're going to implement it. Remember I told you in my article about William Barr, the expose about William Barr, how he had created this way to privatize the prisons and maximize efficiency in locking people up. He is a guy of the rule of law, but he also likes to use technology to enter into things. Now, I was the one, uh, my personal account was actually shut down when I was uh, tweeting out a lot of memorandums of understandings that were being sent to different attorney generals, uh, you know, in regards to sharing private identifying information of citizens and putting them into the citizen log. Well, I've also said that that citizen log is going to be your score, like how good of a citizen you are, how obedient you are. But William Barr actually issued a memorandum to all U.S. attorneys and law enforcement and top DOJs to start, uh, you know, this red flag program. Now, uh, this is again what his um, terms are. And uh, what's great is, is that this article was actually published just now by Michael Moore, true pundit. Um, I will retweet that article, which is exactly what we've been talking about on the Tory Sess show before, where, you know, this is to um, uh, start using private agencies working together so that way they can find people that are going to possibly commit a crime. And this is like a war on terror type policy. Are you getting the minority report? That's why I said I really like movies and TV shows. They tell you everything you need to know. Uh, because, uh, you know, some of them are privy to some things and this is why they, uh, push it in. So Zero Hedge actually did an article about it at the end of October. I think that's uh, a little bit around the time that we were talking about it too. Um, where he's been getting this done, uh, like, um, encryption to be able to combat domestic and foreign terrorists. This is your citizen score. This is your citizen score. So I thought I'd mention it. It's a really good article. I'm going to retweet that tweet um, for you guys to see right now. Uh, thanks, Mike, for that. Um, that's kind of just a reminder. We did talk about this. We already uh, said about all this. So, hey. Um, now, let's get back to the Ukraine. Uh, and what they are planning. So they released testimony of Yovanovitch saying, oh, she needs to like say, I support the president because I need my job. Uh, you know, and Adam Schiff is saying how awesome she is. No, she's not. She dragged her feet on letting uh, legal guys from the Ukraine come to the United States to give documentation to the Department of Justice. Now, um, you would say, wait, Tori, you just told us that William Barr is not doing something good with this minority report stuff. Guys, it's inevitable. This is the future. In the future, your privacy lacks. You will be afforded privacy as long as you don't get flagged on the pre-crime system. Now, it'll be fine-tuned. You have to understand, uh, technology, I just want to say, is a very fine line of how it's being used. Now, when you use computers... And you use ones and zeros. You have to train those ones and zeros to not identify people that are not the bad people. Kind of like the FBI face services right now. If you put 
a hundred African American faces in there, probably all of them will come up with a hit that they're criminals. It doesn't mean it's true. So they're still fine tuning this, but they're trying to implement it on things that are readily available. Like if you see a guy saying, Oh, I want to harm the president and you see it a few times and then they're like showing off guns. Ooh, I just do this to him. Dude, you're going to get flagged. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be honest. Or if you say keywords on phone calls and stuff like that. So that's fine. Um, uh, you know, uh, in the sense, well, it's not fine because I'm all about privacy. I'm all about having your own person and being on that. But when you live within a community, unfortunately, we have to give up. And I know it sounds so bad, right? We give up some of those rights. And it sounds so bad. But that is the way structure happens because other than that, it's just organized chaos until it becomes disorganized, right? So uh, these will be fine-tuned. They're dangerous, but Barr is always the one that's square ahead. So am I worried about him? Yes. Do I think he's going to derail the the president? Absolutely not because he's a guy that's a straight shooter. He follows orders and he wants to get things done. The Mina situation, he was young. That was, we're talking like 40 years ago, right? He was young. So let's just take it as that. Let's just take it as that. Because there's a lot of us out there, I'm sure, throughout our life that have kept our mouth shut or not said things, you know, um, that um, uh, should have been, have not said things that should have been said. Now, um, I wanted to read a specific part of Yovanovitch's um, transcript. Goldman says <laughs> she was answering the question of her being let off, right? Being fired, right? With no pension. Well, you know, I expressed my dismay and my disappointment. I asked him what this meant for our policy, what the message that... Do you want to take a minute? Yeah, just a minute. It's uh, I'm going to to exit it for one minute yeah we can go off the record can we pause time discussion off the record back on the record start the clock ambassador Yovanovitch we understand this is a difficult and emotional topic and we thank you for your honest recollection and answers what happened off the record right what happened what happened oh wait full testimony it's not on the record it's not found oh what what huh what 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 you mean you got fired because you were delaying visas for people to come in, right? You got fired because you had Nellie Orr working under your wing. Where are our conservative and Republican people? Did they ask her, yo, did you have Nellie Orr in your office while you were in the Ukraine? She, uh, she needs to answer that question. Did they ask her that question? Because I want to ask her that question because I know that Nellie Orr was there. Y'all know Nellie Orr was there. So did anybody ask her that question? That is a question. So we have no statement uh, full testimony does not exist. Only partial, right? Uh, only partial. Really? Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Missing testimony. Schiff said, so some top administration official was going to Hannity to find out the basis of Hannity who was attacking you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Guys, this is like Dr. Ford all over again. No, this crying, you know, uh, female part should not have any word whatsoever. This is not even the full testimony. Oh, my God. 
How is this even allowed? Partial testimony. Like I said, how do facts have versions? Oh, here's the Democrat version. Here's the Republican version. It's like, what? Um, so here's the fun part. Okay. It clearly states that she knew that she was in trouble, that she was warned that her job was on the line. She said it. She said that she learned from Ukrainian officials last September or December. Who told you that Giuliani and Durham were in the Ukraine in 2018 before Barr was appointed? Who told you? I did. I told you that they were there. I told you that they were there in 2018, already investigating the Ukraine. Boom. Yovanovitch said she learned from Ukrainian officials last November or December that Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer, was in touch with Ukraine's former top prosecutor, Yuri Luchenko, and that they had plans and that they were going to, you know, do things, including to me. Oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> this is where it gets fun. So Yovanovitch was recalled from Kiev early as Giuliani pressed Ukrainian officials to investigate baseless corruption allegations. This is coming from NBC against Democrat Joe Biden and his son Hunter, who was involved with a gas company there. Baseless. NBC is calling the claims of Hunter Biden getting paid millions of dollars to sit on the board just because of his name baseless. And the fact that Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden demanded the prosecutor be removed because he was investigating Ivanovich. Are we losing our mind? Like, how is that baseless? Like, who is this reporter? Let me see the name. Mary Clark Yalanick, Eric Tucker, and Lisa Mascaro. So they needed three idiots on the Associated Press to put this garbage together. <laughs> Think about it, you guys. Doesn't it make you irate? Because personally, right now, like, my temper is, like, skyrocket. It's like, come on, man. You guys messed up. You guys are in a lot of trouble. Just... Just take it on the chin and move along and say, look, we were supposed to protect. Why don't they just flip? Why don't they tell the world the truth? You know, how many times are we going to see blue skies on Mars before people realize the truth? I mean, geez, they don't want people to know the truth. It drives me insane that people aren't upset that they don't know the truth either. It's as if they're okay with it. Ah. Uh. You know, it's, it's, it's so disheartening. Um, so disheartening. Really, really bad that they would push such a narrative forward, that they would do such things. Um, uh, so they release not the full transcript part of it. How do you feel about that? For me personally, I'm really PO'd. I want you, um, I want to go quickly to that, um, Schiff interview quickly. I just want you to see something quickly. Um, what he says. Give me a second. Okay. Is it over here? All right. I think it's this. A public servant, someone who was asked go. by the Secretary of State to come back and assist the State Department at a very difficult time for the Department. And what is so striking about his testimony is the degree to which he sought to get the State Department to issue a support for its own ambassador. 
uh, and how those repeated efforts were rebuffed. But you also see, in reading his transcript, his growing al alarm at the degree to which the apparatus of the State Department itself was being used to seek political information for a political purpose um, by the President of the United States and others. Uh, and you see that these are two of the principal reasons that caused this career public servant to decide uh, that he must resign his office, as he did. Um, we will be releasing further transcripts. Uh, tomorrow we um, are scheduled to release the transcripts of Ambassador Volker and Ambassador Sondland. Um, and we will continue to release the transcripts in, a, in an orderly way. Uh, we continue to um, allow witnesses the opportunity to review their transcripts. Uh, we continue to make redactions for private information or personally identifiable information, but we will continue to release the transcripts. Uh, and we will soon, although I can't give you the timetable, be moving to open hearings as well. Uh, and I'm happy to respond to uh, a couple of questions. Okay, here we go. Um, one, of your, one of the witnesses who was supposed to come, Charles Kupperman, filed a lawsuit to essentially force a ruling about whether he should testify. That's going to be delayed until December. It's possible John Bolton also may follow a similar course. Will you delay your proceedings to ensure you get their testimony, or are you ready to move forward without hearing from these key witnesses? We're not going to delay our work. Uh, that would uh, merely allow these witnesses and the White House to succeed with their goal, which is to delay, deny, obstruct. Um, the lawsuit that Dr. Kupperman filed, I think, is uh, uh, on its face without merit. Someone who gets a congressional subpoena to avoid the subpoena doesn't simply get to sue in court to try to avoid the subpoena. Uh, I think it will undoubtedly be the case that that uh, lawsuit will be dismissed for lack of uh, standing or justiciability. But the whole point of it is to delay. Uh, and I would say this to those who would use litigation like the White House or, or others for purposes of delay to avoid their duty, which is to follow the law and follow congressional subpoena. They should follow the example of the courageous people that have come forward, people who worked for Dr. Kupperman, people who work for John Bolton, people who have in their careers much more at risk have shown the courage to come forward. They have not hidden behind litigation. They have not hidden behind the White House, uh, as the witnesses today have. They've shown enormous courage and patriotism, and I would urge others to follow their example, uh, not follow the corrupt example out of the White House, which is seeking to obstruct this investigation. Yes. Well, it has been the consistent uh, House rule that we do not permit agency counsel in the room, particularly when we have concerns about those agencies. Uh, the State Department, for example, and this uh, you'll also see um, in the uh, transcripts. I'm trying to think if it's in the transcripts. Yes, it's in the McKinley transcript. State Department representatives um, made the claim to their employees that they were being bullied by the Congress. Uh, and, in fact, the State Department employees were concerned about being bullied by their own State Department uh, and that that bullying was being misrepresented to Congress. Uh, these are the same agency personnel that these witnesses want to bring in and sit in on these depositions. Um, but this isn't just a decision um, that the chairs are making in this investigation. 
It's the decision that Trey Gowdy made as chair. It's the decision that Jim Jordan made in his participation in the Benghazi investigations. It's the decision Mick Mulvaney made when he was conducting investigations. This has been the uniform policy and practice of the House. And then when it comes to Yovanovitch and McKinley, do you anticipate bringing these individuals back for public hearings? Um, At this point, I'm not going to comment on who our witnesses will be in the open hearings, uh, but we will endeavor to make the decision about – who the most important witnesses are, uh, and try to provide testimony in an orderly and way in which the American people can understand um, the nature uh, of the allegations and the facts um, involving, you know, what is at the heart of this investigation, and that is the president's abuse of his office to coerce an ally uh, that is fighting off Russians in our national security interests. They are fighting off the Russians in their interests as well to withhold vital military support from that nation, to withhold a vital meeting from the president of that nation uh, as leverage to get that nation to engage in the corrupt act of these investigations the president believed would help his reelection campaign. Um, we're also obviously looking at allegations that there may have been effort to cover up these activities. Uh, and so the witnesses that bear most. Wait a minute. Are you guys listening to this? So first it was Russia, Russia. They went to the Ukraine asking for information to prove Russia, Russia, opening up a can of worms, having us starting to investigate the Ukraine in um, early 2018, late 2017, late 2017, early 2018, following Mark straw, you know, in September, we landed there. And so we had Giuliani and Durham all over the Ukraine, the Ukraine asking to come over here, the ambassador to the Ukraine, Yovanovitch, afraid she's going to get fired and busted. We traced Nellie Orr back to the Ukraine in the office of Marie Yovanovitch. And now they're trying to say he's trying to obstruct the facts because he was trying to gain his campaign. No, he was trying to get to the bottom of this Russia, Russia, Russia. And the more people allow this to occur, the more they fuel it. But what we have to do is not point new fingers to to new players. Stick with the old ones. Those are the ones that are that have the ball. Don't look at the bench warmers that they have to throw in the game so they can sacrifice, so they could take a tap out and drink some water and regain their strength. That is what is happening here. He's telling you, listen to listen to this. Part, like, again, what he's saying. Listen. Um, the nature uh, of the allegations and the facts um, involving, you know, what is at the heart of this investigation, and that is the president's abuse of his office to coerce an ally uh, that is fighting off Russians in our national security interests. They are fighting off the Russians in their interests as well to withhold vital military support from that nation, to withhold a vital meeting from the president of that nation uh, as leverage to get that nation to engage in the corrupt act of these investigations the president believed would help his reelection campaign. How did that even happen? How did that occur? Joe Biden didn't even nominate. He was running in 2018. If you remember, he officially announced his running uh, on April 25th, 2019, he was like, yeah, kind of thinking about it. Not really. He hadn't even thrown his hat in the race. And yet when they saw that something was up, they were like, yo, you have to run. He's like, I don't want to run. He went to Munich. I'm telling you what happened. Cause you know, flies are sent to them, right? In flocks. Flies are there. 
<laughs> Tons of them. And then it's the frogs that eat the flies and they remain wounded to be exposed. That is the way it is. So flies on walls are everywhere. And I could tell you what the fly on the wall there where Yovanovitch, Biden, all of these clowns sat together and said, all right, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to push for obstruction of justice. We're going to push that Amy Klobuchar's shell company gets this nuclear deal with the Navy and they're going to be the supplier for nuclear energy. We're going to use that against them and say, listen, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing that. You're going to be making some money. We're going to line your pockets. We need to make sure you're on board. And this was their plan, but we already knew their plan. So, you know, cause I'm just saying like Pegasus, whatever, you know, people need to be paying attention to certain words and articulation and statements. I mean, who knows? Like I said, you know, crystal balls, time traveling, whatever. The plan was already known, and this is why the only way that you can see what's happening in the future is to look back on the past and see what was being done. Because you can't build a house without a foundation. The foundation will tell you what the layout is, how tall it's going to be, if it's got a basement, if it's got two stories, three stories, depending on the size. And then you see the sticks going up, right? That's the way you build the house. And this house... The House of Freedom has a really good foundation, and we're just at the sticks. And here they are, raining, raining hard, so our construction workers can't put it together. Um, we're also obviously looking at allegations that there may have been effort to cover up these activities. Uh, and so the witnesses that bear most directly on those issues. Are you listening? So now they're saying, oh, you know, aside from the fact that they were actually investigating real crimes, we want to see if they wanted to cover up the fact that they were investigating real crimes. Are you seeing this? Because remember how they said that William Barr is doing whatever the president wants. William Barr wasn't even mentioned at the time. November 7th, Whitaker was acting attorney general. Barr's name wasn't even in the air at that time. But yet we were already in the Ukraine. Durham was already doing his thing. Yet William Barr is corrupt now Um, in regards to the Ukraine. Again, like I said, I never put all my coins in one pouch. I never do, especially when that pouch, uh, you know, was built with um, stuff that I don't know because I don't know William Barr. I never cross paths with the man. I've seen him in person. He has a really weird big Chester, Chester, what's that cat? Chester, Chester the cat? Chestershire? What's the cat from Alice in Wonderland? Alice in Wonderland. That's a really good story. People should think about Alice in Wonderland a little bit. Alice, pretty big deal. Alice. Uh, mentioned Alice before, Alice in Wonderland. Yep, I mentioned that. Uh, that Those rabbit holes, they're going to be coming to fruition soon. But that's going to happen 2020, post-2020. Man, just listen to this final say. These are the witnesses we'll want to bring in. We're talking now about the transcript of President Trump's July 25 phone call with the President of Ukraine. Is it your understanding that John Eisenberg at the National Security Council moved that transcript over to the super secret intelligence server on his own, or did he do it in coordination with John Bolton, the National Security Advisor? Well, um, I, I think you'll see as we release more transcripts. So he moved it over to the super, super secure server, and that was a problem, and uh, that was illegal, even though that's common practice for presidential discussions and transcripts. That's so weird, isn't it, guys? 
So weird how they're making something out of absolutely nothing. It makes you wonder just how much they're willing to cover up. And again, all you have to ask yourself is, who is Barack Hussein Obama? Who is that man? Where was he born? I mean, is it Hawaii? Is it Kenya? Or is it really Morocco like he once slipped and said? Where are all these people coming from? How far and how deep does this go? You know, it's it's so incredible that people don't see this. You know, it was back in, um, I, I urge you guys to go to Big League Politics, um, bigleaguepolitics.com backslash author backslash Tory. And I want you guys to take a look at some spies that were arrested in um, 2017 and 2018. Now, those spies are very important. I had a listener uh, DM me an article that has not been circulated in the U.S. So you know what? Thank you for that idea. I should just write an update on my first article from... 2018 about it. That way you can see just how great the Trump administration is and just how much we are really getting done. On that note, I want to wish everyone a wonderful evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place, only on Red State.